What is your name? My name is Carrie Muth, and I'm from the beautiful coast of Oregon in Coos Bay. I am the current state ACB of Oregon president as of this past January, and I also serve as my local chapter president. Do you do any kind of volunteer work outside of ACB? I'm a, a lion of the Coos Bay Lions Club, and that started a couple years ago. And previously, I've done things when my kids were growing up. I was in the parents' booster club trying to help raise money for the school system. Or, you know, my younger boys were in Cub Scouts, and I was pretty involved with that for a while. And I think it's really important to be active in realms, not just in the blind community, because, you know, this is our communities that we live in and getting out there and and just just by being there and having that presence, we're breaking down the ignorance around blindness by just us showing up to some of these outside events. Uh, I couldn't agree more. This year's national convention's theme was a path to the future. To you, what does that path look like? I think, I think that goes, you know, it kind of goes along with our state convention theme of a visions to a brighter future. And really, it goes to bridging the gap. It was just really thrilling one day. I had a call from Sue Staley, who wanted to start Alliance on Aging on Vision Loss affiliate in our chapter. So that's for people 50 plus. And then the next day, Tyann and Desiree here, my interviewer, yes. <laughs> called me all Instigator. Excited. Exactly. Um, all excited about starting a younger people's group. And so I think that's, you know, one of those pathways to the future is, you know, getting more people and, and kind of getting focused in on Oregon and how are we helping Oregonians. And, you know, there are definitely different things that both groups um, need to focus on because the seniors in Oregon, they need training, they need help as they lose vision later in life. And, you know, I, I can see bridging that gap and having, you know, younger people help the older people with technology and, you know, our, our more senior members helping develop leadership skills in the younger people and just, you know, working together for a better blind community in Oregon. What makes you smile? My yes. grandchildren, probably first and foremost, they are the light of my life, you know, helping others people working together for a common goal, sunshine, um, antics of fun, funny animals. Let's see. A beautiful day. Talking to a good friend. Do you have a hidden quirky talent? That I want to admit to? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's up to you. (laughs) What are your passions? You know, one of the most amazing things is watching the growth in somebody, you know, somebody who's new to vision loss and, you know, you watch them over a couple of years span and just them coming into their own. And that growth is amazing to watch. What skill do you wish you had And what are your barriers to gaining this skill? (laughs) I wish I had the skill of driving. Let's get real. (laughs) Being 
find one of the biggest inconveniences is not being able to drive. And my children will not let me drive anymore. How do you stop a compulsive talker? This is my challenge running meetings for our organization. And it is hard to find a balance of when do you let them talk and when do you need to be like, okay, there's been enough conversation on this topic. I, I really like Zoom, I'll admit. I want that mute button. Mute, thank you. Um, but, <laughs> because it is hard. And, you know, I think everybody has good intentions. And, you know, you do want to feel, being part of an organization, you do want to feel like your opinions matter and that you're being heard. And and it is really a, a hard a hard thing to do. And so I think, you know, as a facilitator of meetings, you need to you know, be aware of time, try to make sure, you know, find that balance so that people feel like they're able to talk about things and feel like they're being heard. But at the same time, try to keep the meeting under a reasonable length time, which that's been my challenge. But, you know, I really like the idea of Zoom mute. Thank you very much. Move on. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, until people start muting me, but whatever. How do you like to deliver bad news? In person, by email, or by carrier pigeon? (laughs) I totally prefer carrier pigeon or email, (laughs) but (laughs) but I will say I, you know, I have a lot of compassion for people. And, you know, I don't think those are necessarily the best ways. And of course it depends on your rapport with the person and that type of thing. But, you know, so a lot of bad news thing is really, you know, best done in person. And that just goes back to, you know, building relationships and, you know, having empathy for people. But yeah, sometimes I definitely like, let's send that carrier pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. My name is Leonard Kokel. I am the first vice president on the board of directors for ACBO. Where are you from? I live in Coos Bay, Oregon, which is on the southern Oregon coast. And actually, our our home overlooks the bay. We're at 125 feet level above the bay. And further off to the west, across a, a spit of land, is the ocean. So we can even see the ocean from from our house. Oh, wow. That sounds epic. I bet sitting in front of one of those windows while there's a storm going on is amazing. Well, I really enjoy going outside and sitting in a chair that we have out there and listen to the boats go up and down the bay. We can hear the activity of the bay and then also the surf. We can hear the surf very well from our house. I really enjoy that because I commercial fish for a while. I had a real love for the ocean. I did not know that about you. That is really cool. How long have you been involved with ACB? About 30 years. Who would you love to work with within ACB? Well, really, as far as ACB, I'm not really interested in in, uh, being too much involved on the national level. I've always been really busy right here with our own chapter, and um, I don't like to travel, going to different places for conventions and all all the things that you need to do with them. And uh, I've served here for 14 years as president, and now 
treasurer for about six years in addition to. So I've been involved here, and that's that's good enough for me. That's what I like. What experience or skills did you bring to your office? I was in business for myself from the time I was 18 years old. So I, I had a pretty good knowledge of decision-making, and um, that's about it, I guess. Fair enough. What is the best thing about being a board member? I I enjoy the, and and uh, the responsibilities that you have as a board member towards the organization, and that's a big part of it. Is responsibilities that you carry. Uh, and and you, you enjoy for, that a lot. Being a board member. Oh yeah, I, I've enjoyed it. I, you know, I never would have. Um, kept uh, running for the offices so fair enough I enjoy that part of it and being active as as decision maker and everything for the organization are you a night owl or a lark since deb and i was married just about two years ago it seems like you know we got times we want to watch the news the 10 o'clock news you know and then don't get over till 10 30 so we we hardly ever go to bed before 11, so I'm more of a night owl mm-hmm. than I used to be. And besides that, a lot of times you can't go to sleep, see? So then you're a morning owl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd say so. And I don't have uh, much I have to do now, but I, I still operate a business. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a certified technician for Perkins Braille Riders. Kind of awesome. What's the most interesting thing you found in a brailler? Oh, man, I'll tell you. Well, there was a necklace in one of them, and there was a, a little little car, plastic car in one of them. Uh-huh. And then I found found lots of pieces of paper in them that, that stop it from working, too. But I think that... Uh, Necklace was probably the, you know, as a key that worked, it gets worked in amongst the yeah the levers and everything, <laughs> and you got to dig it out first. First, you got to find it. How do you de- like to deliver bad news in person, by email, or by carrier pigeon? Oh, I think uh, it depends on what the news is, but I think the in-person contact is the best if you really have some bad news, so that you can. Let the people know that, you know, you're concerned and they see that you're doing what's right. What is your name? My name is Darian Slayton Fleming. What position do you hold on the board? Currently, I am second vice president. Where are you from? So I am from Portland. I grew up here in the Park Rose area for the past four years. I have lived east of Portland in a suburb of Portland called Gresham. How long have you been involved with ACB? I joined back when I was in college. So in 1975, I would have been a freshman or a sophomore. And we formed the first Oregon student chapter, Oregon Alliance of Blind Students. At that time, I was 
uh, good friends and grew up pretty much with Kim and Brian Charlson. And we were all in that first year of the Oregon Alliance of Blind Students. Wow. That, that is a long time ago. Who would you love to work with within ACB? I've always wanted to get more involved with the Board of Publications. I really like to write, and um, so I'll talk more about that because that's one of the questions about our passions. But um, so that, um, and since I've taken kind of a less of a political lead uh, and I'm kind of rebuilding my life since John has been gone. I'm really thinking about looking for things that bring joy to my life. And so that would probably be um, Ivy because I do have my own business and friends in art because I have the interest in writing and they have a lot of fun activities. What makes you smile? Oh, wow. Remembering John, listening to his voice on um, various videos and recordings that I have, listening to music that we used to listen to together, Um, uh, my granddaughters, listening to them laugh, the funny things they say, Um, the sunshine. I love the sunshine. I like being warm. I wish I had grown up in the high desert. And so being out in the sun. I did not know that about you. That is cool. How do you like to deliver bad news? In person, by email, or by carrier pigeon? (laughs) In person. What would you like the ACB community to know about you? The ACB is my community. It has always been my community. And um, I'm just looking forward to more time with my community. So do get my book if you can read it in large print or on Kindle. It's Speak Up For Yourself, Get What You Need, and Feel Good About It. And what I'd like you to know is that um, we are... Still working on the documentary about John. We've changed the title to Flying Blind. And um, if you'd like to help us um, by uh, providing financial support, um, you can do it through ACB. If you want a tax donation, so you go to acb.org and choose the donate button. And then you choose the honorary donation uh but and and you then can say who it's for and you should write blind john movie in a memo and then you click on um donate the donate button again and it'll take you to paypal and you um choose how you want to pay or you can go to um gofundme.com slash blind john movie um, there are other ways, but um, be uh, you can check us out on YouTube. There are some clips on YouTube um, and on Facebook. Those are our two main feeds where you can see some of the 
work that we are doing. And if you like us on Facebook, then you'll get updates. So we would appreciate any shares you can do to help us get the word out about the document. What is your name? I'm Bobby Earp. Where are you from? Portland, Oregon. I grew up in Bend, Oregon. Oh, so you're an Oregonian through and through. Yes. yes. Wow. Yes. And what? I graduated from high school in Beaverton High. Whoa, you've been all over the place. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, right. Although so. Beaverton was definitely a different climate and culture once upon a time when you graduated from over there than it is now. That's yeah. for dang sure. Yeah. A lot more fields out there at that time, I believe. Yeah, it's all, gro- it's very developed out there. Yes. Scary. Yes, it is. Yeah. All right. What positions do you hold at the state level? I'm the secretary. How long have you been involved with ACB? Um, eight to 10 years. What experience and skills do you bring to the office of secretary? I can type as fast as most people speak. Um, I love parliamentary procedure, Robert's Rules. I love bylaws. So for the state, that's where I started. I read their bylaws and went, okay, these have got to go. And I revamped the bylaws. They got passed the same day that I was elected as secretary. Well, there you go. You must have been doing something, right? Who would you love to work with with an ACB, whether it be local, state, or national? I listened in on my first national convention ever this year. Mm -hmm. So there's some voices on there that sound very interesting. Um, One was Jeff Bishop. Uh, (laughs) I don't know who he is, but he just has an energy that I would like to work with um gotcha. uh, i usually have what is the worst thing about being a board having to listen attentively to the entire meeting You can't take a break when you're the secretary. A lot of people will just tune out. I can't do that. I wish you could. This is true. This is true. So that's the most annoying feature, especially if somebody is pontificating (laughs) at great lengths on something that (laughs) write down because it isn't emotion. What? Are your achievements outside of ACB? I don't know. Um, I have two grandsons. Is that an achievement for me? (laughs) I don't know. Not in your head. (laughs) (laughs) I have. I'm on day five of man sitting. Oh, right. Man sitting. (laughs) And and I have to kill them. (laughs) They're still alive. Man um, sitting. I lit. Yeah. Um, I, um, okay. All right. So here's an easy one. Are you a night owl or a lark? 
You know, I used to be a night owl, big time. And now I am somebody that gets ready for bed between eight and nine. And I watch my news or whatever. Um, I have cable on my phone. So I just, anyway, uh, 10 or 11, I am going to sleep. But I used to be such a night owl. So I'm basically not a lark, but close to it. Fair enough. Yeah, because I still enjoy sleeping in until 11. Oh, my Lord. Had one <laughs> yesterday, day before. Oh, it was wondrous. Yeah. No, no nothing. And I'm just, oh, yeah, this works. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently the grandsons were up until 3 in the morning, so they oh, didn't even move. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. They are so. teenagers, so, you know. Yes. So they don't have a normal sleeping pattern. No, no. Yeah. What do you wish people understood about you? What you see is what you get. <laughs> this is very true. This is very true about you. I would bet I'm more compassionate or empathetic than I appear. And Yes, the, I would agree the, 100%. The more offhanded and brusque I seem, the more it has affected me deeply. Yes, I would yeah. also agree very much so. So while it appears that I'm brusque and cavalier with your feelings, it's actually affected me very deeply. Yes, yeah. I would absolutely agree. My name is Susan Schwab. I, most people call me Sue. I come from a long-term ACB family. What position do you hold? I am a treasurer. Um, I've been tre a treasurer for, uh, let's see, how long has it been? Most of James's tenure, so more than 10 years. Are you a member of any special interest affiliate? No, not really. Um, I don't think any of them have, have fallen into the realm that I would... Um, find interesting, although there is the um, a senior group that is being started, the AVL, I believe it's called. Yep. I probably qualify for that, but <laughs> I don't want to admit that. Um, <laughs> to any so of us, really? My thought was uh, when they get a special interest, when you, we, I guess we get a special interest group of uh, musicians, that would be perfect. I would really enjoy that. Why don't you start it? Because I know well, several people who would join. There we go. I, I'm not sure what we would do as a group, but it would be fun to talk for sure. So start it that's, and then we can figure it out. I'm there. I'm there. We go. That's a good thought. I I'm think there we'll, and I think Michael is there. My mom is there. Uh-huh. Uh, there are several other people. Tyann would be there. I mean, that's just like the young people, but I know there's some older people who are really oh, into there music is, as well. There is. I know there's another accordion player in the uh, in our state. That oh, he you would play be there accordion? Sure. Yes, I do. Oh, that is so awesome. That is amazing. <laughs> How come you haven't done that at convention? Oh, my God. I have. I have. I think it was before your time. Yes. <gasps> yes. We oh, were having uh, so several happy. years in a row, we were having jam sessions after <gasps> the banquet. And Oh, uh, my God. Why aren't we doing this? We need I to be doing this. <laughs> it we was very need fun. To be doing this. It would be a fun activity after mm -hmm. after the banquet. And uh, I am there. 
One Make year this happen, when, uh, please. <laughs> when Kim Charlson was our keynote speaker and Brian came with her, Brian brought his ukulele and he sat oh. in with us. I thought that was so fun. Oh, epic. That is, that is, yeah. Please make this happen. (laughs) (laughs) When we're back to normal, I think that would be a good thing to work on. Awesome. Yeah. What makes you smile? Probably seeing grandkids uh, achieve things. I really like that. And my husband is always, uh, he has one of those sense of humor that's, you know, uh, Dry catches you yeah, right off the le, out of left field. Like what? Yeah, that out of left from? field. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. So he does that too, and that's uh, you kind of go, oh my gosh, that's Pat humor, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. How do you like to deliver bad news? In person, by email, or by carrier pigeon? Oh, <laughs> by person, definitely. Um, I find it important to um, be with the person so they can feel your empathy when you're delivering bad news. Mm-hmm. Um, the advantage I have as a sighted person is that I can I can see the body language that that person is yeah. giving off um, and um, probably help support that person a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it is an advantage. But sometimes there's just no way to deliver bad news without still crushing somebody, you know, unfortunate. Yeah, Uh this is true. What would you like the ACB community to know about you? I would like the ACB community to know that I, I feel like I've been born into this organization because I have lived it with my family for so long. My mom and dad were totally involved, deeply involved for many, many years. My mom was the president of our ACB affiliate more than once um, and many times for multiple terms. The teamwork they would do in their kitchen on the kitchen table of putting together Mm -hmm. the packets and stuff. I know uh, so many of our older generation from my parents um, who are now, unfortunately, they're starting to leave us. And uh, it's so sad to see such vital, interested people no longer be in the in the room. But I'm really proud to see that this organization is continuing to evolve. It makes me feel good that my work is well worthwhile. My parents' work has been well worthwhile to see... Um, Young people come through and, and have a system that operates, I think, pretty efficiently and, and uh, uh, supportive and even evolving into the interests that these young people have to give them the, the uh, social outlet or the education or the um, community that they need, that they're seeking. Um, and that I will still be here to continue, even if I was no longer treasurer, I would still be here um, helping because I find it something that is fulfilling for me. Who are you? What is your name? My name is James Edwards. And what position do you hold? Uh, I'm on the board as the immediate past president. Where are you from? 
I live in a small town on the coast of Oregon, a town called Lakeside. It's a town of uh, just under 1,800 people. It's um, a stone's throw from the Pacific Ocean and right in the middle of a great recreational area. We have sand dunes. We have uh, our big lake. We have the ocean. uh, We have the forest, the mountains, and it's a beautiful place to live. What is the best thing about being a board member? Well, I, I would consider it the, the challenge of being in, involved in the decision-making process for the betterment of ACB of Oregon. I enjoy having the opportunity to voice my opinion and having real discussions on on topics on, on the agenda, um, sometimes swaying people to agree with me and changing their mind and sometimes being con- convinced to change my mind and to think differently on, on things uh, to, to me, I, I, that's the part I enjoy about being on the board. That is a really cool answer. What are your achievements outside of ACB? When when I when I worked as, on my job, I, I worked as a uh, as a heavy equipment operator. So I was inside a cab of a piece of a machinery all day long, eight to ten hours a day, and didn't have much interaction with people. Um, once I was declared legally blind and had to retire and joined HCB of Oregon, it it brought me out of my shell, even though I am um, the original introvert. But uh, <laughs> but but uh, okay. um, outside of HCB of Oregon and learning how to get along with people and how to talk with people, and to me that's a great achievement in, in my life. Knowing. Uh, knowing what I know about myself. so I just have never pictured you as an introvert ever. Well, I certainly am. What makes you smile? What makes me smile is uh, knowing that um, I've accomplished something and that I've worked with people and came to a good conclusion and everybody's happy. That's what makes me smile. Nice. Yep. Do you have any hidden quirky talents? Nope, I don't. I'm rather, I I, I just don't. <laughs> no I, harmonica be, playing? I, no pogo? Uh, I've, I've tried to be a musician all my life, but I just, uh, and, I, and I still try right now. I'm, I'm on the mandolin, you know, learning uh, Irish, Irish tunes on the mandolin, but uh Everything I learned got very, very hard. Um, so, no, I don't have any hidden talents. Yeah, but the fact that you're trying and continue to try, that that there's something to be said for that. Well, I don't know what's to be said, uh, said about it because you would think after 50 years of learn, trying, I would learn it. But music is still, still a foreign language to me, and I still can't figure out how they do it. But I, I envy these people who pick up an instrument and, and make it talk or make it sing or whatever they do. But to me, it's, it's, uh, I love doing it. I, I, get, I, I practice every night, you know, and, and I uh, practice on all kinds of instruments, uh, guitar, violin, uh, mandolin ukulele uh, but it, it still doesn't come easy so no were, but you continue out, at it that's the thing is yeah. most people would not would have would have dropped all that stuff by now that's and you keep at it that that's what i'm saying that that's cool yeah well one of these, one of these days i'll play a tune on my mandolin so. 
<laughs> I look forward to it. What do you wish you really understood? Human nature. It's, uh, to me, it's the most perplexing thing in the world because people have a tendency to to get upset over the smallest things that they should not get upset over. I mean, it, and to me, I just don't, I don't understand why, you know, because it's so easy just to look at things in, in perspective and say, is this really worth getting upset over? Is this really worth throwing away a friendship over? I mean, and, and such, sometimes there's such petty things that it's just astounding to me. There's so many bigger issues in life that you you should have a great concern over than some idiot little petty thing. So if I could understand what makes people tick in, in that in that regard and keep everybody happy, then things would be great. But unfortunately, you can't. People are so different. <laughs> yeah. People. What skill do you wish you had? So I'm pretty pretty well satisfied with waking are. I suppose if I were going to ask Fair for enough. a real skill, skill, it would be the ability to fly an airplane so I could go anywhere I want to do. Dude. Dude. How do you like to deliver bad news? In person, by email, or by carrier pigeon? Nobody likes to, likes to deliver bad news. Well, no. And so if I were going to do it, it I would prefer doing it face-to-face. Okay. So you wouldn't even try sending them a carrier pigeon? No, I I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? What is your name? I am Teresa Christian, and I happen to be your mother. This is true. (laughs) Otherwise known as... Mother Teresa in some circles. <laughs> yes. What position do you hold? I am District 1 representative. What are your achievements within ACB? Um, chair of our convention planning committee a couple of years ago, and I'd never been on a convention planning committee at all. So I think they saw a new kid on the block <laughs> stamped on my forehead <laughs> and they need to throw her, throw her under the bus. See how she does. Yep. I learned a lot. <laughs> and it ended you up did. you definitely did. And it ended up being a good convention, although it was pretty pretty radical from what they they had had before, I think. But it it it, it was good. Well, sometimes you gotta show people what's possible, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. What makes you smile? Getting to go flying and getting to go dancing. (laughs) Yes, and just asking the question, I am smiling. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) I love to fly in small planes, so when I'm saying flying, that's what I'm talking about. And I've had a chance to go in some other kinds of vehicles, like a hot air balloon and a glider. I have a couple other on my list of things. I want to go on a seaplane. I want to go on a a helicopter. I haven't gotten to do those yet. Um, so, and the funnest, funnest part is getting to do aerobatics in a small plane. That is terrifying and the most fun ever at the same time. So, yeah, that's, 
Forget roller coasters. You get to do aerobatics in an airplane, roller coasters are tame after that. Uh huh. I uh-huh. would so completely agree. Yeah. Aerobatics in a plane. Yeah. Is there anyone you just can't feel empathy for? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, Hmm. Well, and um, let me think about, okay, so feel empathy for, well, for me, there's very few people that once I get to know them, I will continue to dislike them. That's one thing, because I am constantly trying to understand why somebody is behaving whatever way they're behaving. Exactly. Um, And then there's the piece of, uh, so that will give me compassion about whatever they're going through for the most part. Um, but there also is the, the part about um, if somebody is behaving badly, you can understand all you want, but the bottom line is they're still behaving badly and causing hurt or destruction or damage of whatever nature. Um, and that's just not okay, no matter why they're doing it or how much compassion you feel about certain things. It's, it's just it's just not okay, period, bottom line. And somebody that is absolutely self-centered, I really have a hard time feeling empathy for because uh, everything is about them. And I just, that, that's, that's the kind of person I have a tough time feeling empathy for. How do you like to deliver bad news? In person, by email, or by carrier pigeon? (laughs) I think carrier pigeon's the best. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Depends on the person and it depends on the situation. I keep keep thinking to myself what a a lovely, slow, romantic uh, way to communicate by carrier pigeon. Yeah. You get to interact with an animal and <laughs> correspond. So, yeah. I know. Anything you want to tell the ACB Nation? Yes. Really invest time in your fellow ACB members and uh, find special interest groups that you can get involved with and get behind. It's a really rich community that you have access to. Um, and you'll grow a lot in all kinds of ways and make so many different kinds of connections. So it's very much worth investing the time and effort to uh, to meet other people all across the country in all kinds of different um, walks of life. What is your name? I am Michael Babcock, and I'm from Coquille, Oregon, uh, on the beautiful Oregon coast. I'm a District 2 representative. I was asked to be part of the board last year uh, when the current District 2 representative was moved to president. So that's that's what I do. That's a pretty large jump there for her. (laughs) A little bit, yeah. Who would you love to work with in ACB? Jason Castengay uh, with the ACB radio, and I'm actually involved in a project mainly because I've... I met Jason on Twitter years ago. Like I want to say mm-hmm. 10 years ago. And uh-huh. I've just been impressed with with some of the work that he's involved in. And to be honest, he's him and Jeff Bishop have always uh, been two people that I've looked up to. Wow. 
that's kind of amazing. Caught you off guard, huh? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. What is the best thing about being a board member? I think the best thing about being a board member is the fact that you can see changes happen and be part of actually making making a difference for the entire organization that you're involved with. And, and for me, that would be the uh, State of Oregon affiliate. What makes you smile? Nothing. I don't like smiling. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Learning something new and realizing that I have accomplished, uh, especially when I'm trying to, primarily with technology, figure something out that makes my life easier and then sharing that with others to make their lives easier as well. Who would you love to meet in fact, fiction, or fantasy? Stone Barrington, main character of Stuart Wood's books. What is it about? It's a attorney who uh, pretty much lives life on the edge, uh, gets involved in different adventures. So what, sounds like 007 of attorneys is <laughs> there what you you're go. saying? Yep, yep, yep. Is there anyone you just can't feel empathy for? People who are not open to accepting a different opinion, especially when I totally disagree with their opinion. Does that mean um, you, does that set you up to not listen to their opinion too? No, I'm open to listening to other people's opinions and I'm willing to accept those opinions. But when people are, hold on, let me retake this one because I got to, Word this the right way. All right. So I have a difficult time with finding empathy for individuals who have an opinion that is not right. And I'm able to factually prove the fact that their opinion isn't correct. And they don't. And they're not open to learning other ways to express themselves. Fair enough. Well, well said. Do you have a hidden quirky talent? No. No, I, I, I don't have any hidden talents that I'm aware of. None? No. No. Are you sure? Because... Yeah. Can you think of one? Oh, I don't know you well enough to know. Yeah, I'm pretty boring. I can't think of any hidden talents that I have. Oh, you are not boring. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's not really a hidden talent. Uh, uh -huh. but one of the talents that I have is I am fairly good at multitasking. Uh, anytime I'm talking to someone, I'm always doing something else. It's driving me crazy not uh, playing on my phone because my Bluetooth headphones died. Uh, or oh. I was on my phone while doing this interview. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. How do you like to deliver bad news? In person, by email, or by carrier pigeon? None of the above. I would prefer to talk to someone on the phone usually uh, and, and let them know the bad news. And that's how I would prefer to receive bad news as well. Uh, just 
because then it's done. The news is either shared or received and you can move on. Whereas with an email, you can be like, I know that there's bad news in this email. I don't want to open it. Whereas on the phone, you, you, you either get the news or you don't. So not in person or by carrier pigeon at all. Eh, in person would be fine. I have no problem with in person. Carrier pigeon just takes too long to get the news to the person. <laughs> Fair enough. Who are you? What is your name? Uh, Mona Huntley. I am president of the Rogue Valley chapter. That's in Grants Pass, ACB. Where are you originally from? Los Angeles, California. How long have you been involved in ACB? I think about four years. Why did you join ACB? I wanted to get involved in the blind community in the area. Mm -hmm. Um, I had not done it before because my husband um, was an extremely active person. I just didn't have time. And then he got really sick. Um, When I did have time, um, I was very fortunate in... uh, becoming blind in that a lot of years ago, so far back, it seems like another lifetime, I worked as a teacher's aide at the Colorado State School for the Deaf and Blind. No kidding. And as a teacher's aide, I got moved from one class to another. And uh, the big uprising of that all is when I was diagnosed um, in, I believe, 87 uh, with macular degeneration, um, I had seen my father and my great aunt um, have all kinds of functioning problems with this disease. And uh, I knew it wasn't necessary. So because I had worked at the, at the um, School for the Deaf and Blind, I knew what was possible for blind people to know and to do to mm-hmm. make life better. Uh, so early on, I started taking courses from Hadley and a couple other places and learning the skills that I needed to stay literate, functioning, and active. What is the best thing about being a board member? I've enjoyed the board meetings. I've enjoyed being involved in some of the uh, behind-the-stage uh, getting things done and some of the programs that uh, the board has been working on. Mm-hmm. So Nationals Convention, their theme was a path to the future. To you, what does that path look like? A little bumpy. Not, as, not any more so than it has been for the visually impaired community ever. Um, there's a I think a huge gap in computer literacy, uh, especially for the aging population, that needs to be breached for people to enjoy as much as is available to the blind community now. What makes you smile? Almost everything. I'm a pretty up person. I've got a house full of animals here. My nephew's got three doxies. I've got a Doberman. They're always doing something or other that makes me smile. I love being outside. I love the interaction with my church community. We had a, I'm guessing a two-year-old, a, a toddler, still still had, you know, baby baby type clothes on. 
mm-hmm. during the sort of Sunday morning that got away from mom. Uh oh. And went dashing up and wanted to join the um, lady who plays the piano for the music group. Uh, and instead of anybody getting upstairs, the minister or upset, the minister reached over and picked her up, put her on the chair. And there were a few notes there that weren't quite the same mm-hmm. that we're expecting. But yeah, just just the joy of the kids having a good time in that setting was good. I'm easy to be happy. I just I'm, I'm normally a very up person. That that is a gift right there because not everybody has that capacity. Are you a night owl or a lark? Oh, I'm a lark. <laughs> Yeah, no two ways about that. <laughs> yeah, no. Eight thirty is 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 my normal bedtime. Yep. But I'm I'm up I'm I'm awake around four thirty and I'm normally up at five. Oh, that is just wow. I love sunsets. I love I love having my computer work stuff done. Be able to take yep. a cup of coffee, go sit on the back deck, and watch the sun come up. That it sounds wonderful. How do you like to deliver bad news? In person, by email, or by carrier pigeon? In person. All right. Last one. Is there anything else you would like the ACB community to know about you? Oh, I think we pretty much covered it. No, it was it was good. You did a really excellent job with all of them. You're very talented and skilled in that. Thank you. That stuff. Yeah. yeah. That that is one of the cool things. Um, you know, all of us have our talents and skills that we bring to the table. And um, you know, being able to work together and profit from not profit financially, but, you know, being able to utilize those skills makes things better. And, you know, to, just, just makes it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cassie support our organization. I think it'd be really cool. One of the thoughts I had was um, asking Desiree to interview chapter presidents at some point. Ooh, that's and, a good oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can certainly, if if that is a thing you guys want for next year, I I, I can do that throughout the year as opposed yeah. to last minute. Let's do a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hence our change from uh, hybrid to uh, Zoom <laughs> to total virtual, right? Dude. Yeah, and we'll have to see because I know some, you know, chapters all vote in officers at different times. So we'll have to um, see what that mm-hmm. type of schedule looks like. So. Yep, yep. Awesome. Okay, cool. All right, Abby. All right. She has she came up and goes, I have made my appearance. So. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. We're gonna draw for a mystery grab bag. Ooh, those are pretty dang awesome. I have to say myself. All right, what number? Okay, I think they're mixed. Yes! 72! 72. Yeah. 72? Two is Pat Wallace. Oh, thanks, Sue. You're here. Yeah, I don't have to look. (laughs) All right. Great. Then the next one. What's next number? This is from the Metro PDX chapter. Ooh. $25 Amazon gift card. 63. 63. Is Charlene Wills. Oh, right on. Nice. Yay. 
Let's go ahead and go again. All right, one more. <laughs> oh, we probably have a couple more because it's not even one yet. Oh, okay. 39! 39. 39. 39 is Sharon Orchard. Ooh, she's from, yeah, she's from our chapter down here, and she wins a Pampered Chef Seasons Cookbook and Skinny Scraper. Ooh, from uh, uh, Sherilyn Foster. I can't think of her last. I can't think of her last name, and I know her. I was I asked her for, but you know, I, I do want people to know. In the next couple of weeks, we will get a list of these donors on our website, so you can go and make contact to help support these businesses that have um, freely donated to our convention. Yes. All right. Hey, we got another way around sampler kit. Yes. Yes. Alright. And don't yell this time. Okay. What, what number? Twenty-six. Twenty-six is Dick Cole. Ooh, Dick Cole. All right. Yeah, he's with a pioneer, pioneer. chapter. Yeah. Yay. Nice. All right, we'll do one more. One more. Ooh, another Metro PDX prize. Another $25 Amazon gift card. You know, I shop Amazon a lot. You can pick my number. Yeah. <laughs> 46. 46. 46. Um, Stephen Salas in Texas. Oh, right on. Ooh, awesome. Our next gen. He registered for a convention from Texas. Well, you, you know, you know, it's funny is uh, I was just in the room with him and he was going, I'm waiting for my name to be called. I want to win money. Come on, I'm waiting for my name. <laughs> yeah, he, he sent Abby a message on the A-Lady and said that she needed to pull his number. So there you go. <laughs> and, and isn't he the new daddy too? He's yes. a new daddy, right? Yeah, yes. So yeah. Now he can yeah. get cute little girly clothes. Excuse right. me. My name is Lucy. Himself. Yes, I'm Lucy, Lucy. and I'm, um, I, you have a hand raised. Did you want to take that or? Sure. Let's go ahead and do that and then we'll move on. Yeah. Okay. Area code 51503. Excuse me. You should be able to unmute. Ending in 194. Yeah, I was going to say, might need the ending numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Oregon is mostly 503 or 541. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You should be able to unmute. Raised. Star six will unmute you. Hello. There you go. There you go. Hey, guys. I just hey, wanted to Pat. say thank you. And you guys are doing an awesome job, Carrie. I, I, I'm really enjoying the convention and a cool. lot of exciting things going on. And I'm looking forward to tomorrow for the business meeting and the convention. I mean, the auction. So. Awesome, awesome. I've hey, got a, and we're glad got Abby a, picked your number. I got a pocket full of money, so look <laughs> we're, out, ready, we're ready to get your yeah. bed there, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to get Eugene a run for his money? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Can I ask, uh, is this Stephen? No, that's no, this Pat, is Wallace. Pat Wallace. Oh, this is Pat. You in a yeah. different phone number than what I'm used to. Okay. Yeah, you got my other one. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah Stephen. Stephen's off in uh, Clubhouse Land. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm trying. All right, guys. Hey, thank you. 
Thanks, Pat. Doing, all, doing awesome. All Thanks, right. Pat. I'm trying to identify these other phone numbers in case they participate in the auction. Oh, good uh, idea. Oh, yeah. There, the one that ends in 393 is on the line. And uh, the Pat here. Oh, and the one that ends in 432. And I see 846 is on. 846 is Leonard. Oh, that's Leonard. 846. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, so if you, if you're on a phone and she didn't announce your number, if you could raise your hand real quick so we can find out who you are. Um, Cause if you play our game later this evening and try to win that $200 visa gift card, we'll need to know your name. Yes. And there's a lot of phones, Carrie. Why don't we do that at okay. the beginning of the auction? And then we'll have the actual people who are in the auction. You're right. Oh, you mean because the there's a lot of phone evening? numbers. Okay. Right? All right, cool. And I, I will say, if you're going to be playing, you know, we may ha end up with a little break right before um, our banquet speaker, Hobie, this evening before six. So we'll have to see how that goes. All right. Thanks, Deb. Yeah. All righty. Now we are 103. Awesome. Hey, it is time for more ACBO history. I'll turn it over to yeah. Pat Schwab. All right. The, that as we coming into the uh, 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 last stretch of, the, of this particular uh, horse race, that uh, the, we're go, going to uh, switch to a new topic, and the, this is uh, uh, between between late 1990 and and, uh, uh, and February fifteenth, uh, uh, two thousand fifteen. Uh, the ACB of Oregon played a major role. Who's adjusting my stuff for me? Played a ma major role role in uh, trying to uh, preserve the uh, school for the blind as a residential school for Oregon's blind student community. During this ta time, until two thousand eight, the superintendent of public instruction looked at combining the uh, School for the Blind and the School for the Deaf. There was quite a bit of opposition to this idea. Most of the resistance came from, I'm going to say, the School for the Deaf. The, that, uh, the uh, idea died in 2008 with the Office of Public, Superintendent of Public uh, Instruction publishing their summary report titled in regards to the Oregon School for the Deaf and Oregon School for the Blind, the main conclusion of the report was that the two populations would not mix well, according to, to the superintendent. The school eventually closed, the School for the Blind eventually clo closed September 1st, 2009. Stu students were incorporated into their local school districts and a few, the state paid for them to attend the Washington School for the Blind. To prevent the school in Salem from being torn down, several members of OCB of o, ACB of O uh, petitioned the Land Use Board of Appeals, LUBA, to, be, uh, to get Howard Hall, the last remaining building, to be designated as a historical site. Individuals who requested the historical site status was uh, 
Bev Rushing, the current president of uh, uh, ACB of O, Patrick Schwab, and Bob Johnson. The state of Oregon, the Historical Landmarks Commission, granted historical site status to Howard Hall. Unfortunately, several years later, the city of uh, Salem canceled the historical status, which they can do, and they did do. Uh, and the uh, last Oregon State School for the Blind building, Howard Hall, was torn down on February 5th, 2015. The Salem Hospital had bought the land, and, uh, and then they put up a, uh, a parking lot. They, they really did. There is a parking lot there. Um, the hospital created a small park to commemorate the 136-year-old school, and they called it, okay, wait for this, the Let's Play Place. Yeah, that was kind of an exciting name, and it still is. Uh, if you haven't been to the, the little little park that they have there, it, it is interesting to uh, to go to. A lot of people have had, had fun kind of uh, reviewing it, that, uh, that the entryway into the park has got, got a brick curved entryway, which, uh, which was essentially uh, uh, taken from the, uh, uh, from Howard Hall, you know, to, you know, that, that archway was uh, cre created in memory of that. And there is a plaque that, that explains that the School for the Blind was there. Okay. Uh, Little piece of uh, uh, of another piece of history that that from December 1956 through September 1956 to September 1966, so 5666, uh, 35 loans had been made to 18 members, totaling uh, $5,989.95, and ranging in amounts from $25 to $300, which $300 was the maximum amount. The loans were made, made to members in Newburgh, Roseburg, Binville, North Bend, Eagle Point, Medford, Portland, and Eugene. The needs served uh, have been many and varied. Uh, there's been, been, there were payments to, uh, for homes, uh, home repairs and improvements, property taxes, bill uh, consolidations, moving expenses, appliances, medical expenses, uh, feed bills and farming needs, uh, a pickup, car repairs, shop equipment, few uh, fuel bills, eye surgery, contact lenses and glasses, and veterinary expenses. The organization uh, now no longer prov provides loans, but, but does grant dollars to individuals. Last year, ACB's uh, student scholarship grant went to a uh, Salem stu student uh, uh, and, and paid for a substantial amount of his college. He's still in college. At one point, uh, a commi committee explored the possibility of uh, Oregon Council of the Blind to open a credit union that we were 
loaning so much dola- dollars. The the uh, conven- convention that considered that issue killed the idea. So that's what uh, I'm going to uh, leave that uh, So essentially, leave uh, the that's the end end of my my input. That uh, that uh, tonight at uh, seven seven fifteen somewhere in that neighborhood, we're gonna gonna ask twenty two true false questions uh, regarding the hi- history that uh, that we presented here here, uh, and uh, I'll ask who believes this is a true statement, and then if you agree with this, you r- will raise your hand in Zoom. If you're using a cell phone, then hit, hit star nine to raise your hand. After we identify all the true respondents, we'll then lower the hands and we'll then ask uh, you to raise your hand if you feel that the statement is false. If you don't answer, your response will be counted as non-responsive. That makes sense? It does. So if people have questions um, of Pat on ACB of Oregon history, go ahead and raise your hand. I do want to say I have not been to the Let's Play Place <laughs> playground um, in Salem. And I only, you know, I, I, I was on the campus for the previous School for the Blind one time for a weekend event or a, it was a few day kind of event. Um, it was really sad to lose a resource to the blind community in Oregon. Um, but I did hear that the Let's Play Place, that playground is fully accessible to people with all different disabilities. Is that true? That is true. In fact, the reason, the way that they built it is actually associated with the, uh, um, with the Salem Hospital Rehabilitation Center. And, and so there's a lot of times that uh, the that there are patients there with uh, with people from from Salem Hospital actually do doing uh, physical therapy in there. So so it's a very accessible space. Uh, the entire ground is uh, is padded, so so that if you fall off the uh, a slide or something, that uh, the, that uh, it'll protect you. Um, and, and it's uh, it's kind of kind of a, a a neat place. I'm not saying that this is was worth trading the school for the blind for. Believe me, I'm not saying that. <laughs> yeah. But but, uh, um, but but it is a, a, a nice little thing. I think it's got the stupidest name. Personally, <laughs> I mean, couldn't they have done anything else other than let's play place? <laughs> <laughs> there, there could have been some recognition of the school for the blind, but they didn't do that. Now, yeah. now, now Pat, you you do understand who is naming this, right? I mean, just 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 saying. That who's naming it? I I said you 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 got to recollect who who was naming it. I I don't know that they're the cleverest of folks. Yeah, <laughs> we do have a raised hand. Okay, Wes, great, Wesley, Wes. Yes, uh, Pat, I don't know if you know this or anybody here knows this, but since the School for the Blind has been closed and all the kids have been mainstreamed for except for the few they uh, had shipped off to Washington, I'd just like to know what the results been of this. 
move. You know, I mean, have those kids been successful, successful, successful in the academics and education, or has it turned into complete flop, or, or what? The, there's been a been a couple of surveys that, that's been been done done with the students that, that uh, uh, se- several of them have said said that. Uh, that they liked this, that they were integrated, that they were interacting with with uh, uh, with non blind blind individuals, and you know, gotcha. you know, do, doing that. Um, that, uh, but the, there's a large group of individuals that that aren't being served well, and, and they're struggling. The, that uh, okay. that one of the things that I'd like to say that at the time I was a uh, teacher uh, for for the uh, for blind, blind individuals through uh, Salem Public Schools, and we relied uh, on the School for the Blind for a lot of support. You know, uh, us teachers uh, out in the field, and, and that when they took that away, that whole infrastructure just completely fell apart for the for the uh, teachers in the uh, in okay. the, the field. Yeah, like my sister felt like she wasn't supported when she wound up. She's a music teacher in, a, in the public schools, and she had a sign and pay her blind B.I. kid land in her, her class. And that's what she felt like. She wasn't getting the proper alternate format materials for the kid. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. And, and, and I will say, I think there's even more challenges um, you know, with the COVID pandemic and the, the differences in how schools have been operating and, you know, many kids being taught from home and not in the classroom and all this craziness, you know, many, many students are struggling, not just those um, with disabilities, um, but that definitely makes it another, you know, struggle um, for young people young kids experiencing sight loss and blindness so um yeah true challenge thanks Wes for that question are there any other hands raised yep next is Darian go ahead Darian Darian. hey um at one point we were talking about putting stuff on our website about our efforts with the school for the blind and um linking it with national ACB efforts, <laughs> how would we go, what would we do, or could we resume that effort? I could get, get in contact with, uh, with Michael and we, we could, uh, could work out some things that could go, go on our website. That would work well. Remember yeah. that Kim Charlson, when she was president, really wanted to work with us to do that. So I would hope we could get that back up there. And, and and I do think some of it is on the Metro PDX site. Is there, right. Desiree, do you guys know? Um, because if so, that's another way to get some of that information already um, up on, on the web that we might be able to get onto our site. I think so. some of it is up there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I will, Pat and I will get together and make some magic happen. Thank you. Yay. Awesome. Okay, Mona. Mona. Oh, yeah, talking about mainstreaming uh, kids in uh, public schools, I've just been contacted by the librarian of our local school district uh, asking where she can find reading books for early uh, readers, for Braille readers, 
preferably some with bright pictures of she has some children who are mostly blind have slight vision and she just wants to get them interested in having fun reading and i just i'd love to see more where we can find things resources uh, other than the american printing house for the blind and um the braille bookstore i didn't know where else to look for her there there is something called seedlings i believe um but yeah mona we'll have to reach out hardware um, yeah like like uh, you're looking for twin vision books it sounds like so so yeah so I, I just if anybody love it out that there we've got a librarian that's trying to get uh, kids excited about braille yeah. And you know, you know, Mona, you might want to go ahead and call the talking book services and ask them for resources. You know, Elkie was on um, earlier talking about their services, um, but they may have a list of resources also. I, I so. will do that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Any right, other Des yep. Desiree. <laughs> Hello. Um, <clears throat> I um having had a blind daughter in the school system for a lot of years also being friends with a lot of teachers it is super complex there's so many reasons why the school system is failing not just blind kids um but also other disabled kids and to try to pinpoint it on one thing is difficult and it, and it's not necessarily the, the teacher's fault it's not necessarily you know it, it's a whole combination a whole host of things um so i just i just want to say that and acknowledge that it's hard and it's difficult and if some of our raised and people are wanting to have that conversation perhaps here during this segment isn't the place for it. Yeah. Th thanks for that, Desiree. Um, and, and you are so right. It is very complicated. And what works for one person isn't going to work for another. And so it is a very complex conversation. There we go. Can you hear me now? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> I think I remuted myself instead of unmuted myself. Mm -hmm. um, the mute button gets tricky sometimes. So I really, I just had a comment for Pat. I just wanted to say thanks for all this wealth of information because I'm still kind of a newbie at ACB, even though to me it feels like I've been here for a long time, I guess, because all the stuff that I'm involved in with ACB. But um, it's just, it's nice to learn some of this stuff um, about the history and, and everything, just to kind of see where we've came from and hopefully where we're going to go in the future so we can build on the history and make some new history. So I just wanted to say thanks to Pat. Oh, you're very welcome that, uh, that I focus mostly on the early history. There's kind of the last 15 years that, uh, the, that we could still, uh, still talk about and do another, another other history sessions at, uh, at other meetings. So, so, you know, there's still, still way more stuff to be talked about. Awesome. I look forward to hearing it. <laughs> Jean Marie? I was going to say that National Braille Press is a good, they actually have a, um, a Braille book club that the library, I don't know, would have the money, but it costs, I think, $120 a year, and they get a new book every month. 
and it would be in the library. Um, and I, yeah, like I know I sent Carrie when the crayons, things about the crayons books, right? But yeah, so National Braille Press would be a good place to check. Deb Cook-Lewis reminded us, hey, are you going to have somebody from National do some type of an update? And I had actually talked to, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Bridges. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Thank you, Eric Bridges. <laughs> oh. And it's not even seven o'clock yet. Um, I'm in trouble. Eric Bridges about doing something like, you know, the, the future of ACB kind of going with our, um, our theme this year. And then he wasn't available. He's, co you know, helping coach, I think it was soccer or was it basketball? If anybody knows, um, anyways, so he was not available. And then there's been all this hype in ACB national about, get up and get moving the get up and get moving campaign that was just kicked off. And, um, you know, sometimes in our lives, we kind of open our mouth and insert our foot. Well, <laughs> at the national convention, I kind of got excited about some of the people, you know, getting voted in on the national board. And I thought, okay, so I called Dan spoon and, um, talked to him and was like, you know, how much, how much, other ways could I get involved um, on the national level? Because I've been on the employment committee now for a year and a half, almost two years or around two years. And that's been a lot of fun, learned a lot. And he came back and he says, hey, we really need people to work with the awards committee. And I was like, oh, man, okay, all right. So um, he appointed Connie Sims and I as co-chairs of the awards committee on the national level. So you guys watch the ACB community call list. We're going to be doing some fun stuff. And so we're, we're, you know, a lot of his committees have been revamped um, with the new term. So, so that's pretty exciting. So I was talking to Connie one day and um, so she's on this get up and get moving campaign. So I'd like to turn it over to Connie Sims. Thanks, Carrie. I, uh, yeah. I, uh, well, hopefully I can answer some questions and, and <laughs> tell you guys a little bit about it. So, um, I'm pretty laid back. Um, I'm looking forward to working with Carrie on the awards committee. So, um, when Dan called out and said, so do you want to co-chair? And I'm like, the awards committee. And I'm like, so with who? <laughs> and he said, Carrie. I'm like, okay, I can do it. It's like, <laughs> so I will admit, I was like, depending on who it was but yeah um so I'm looking forward to working with Carrie and I think we got some good plans but so the good up and get moving campaign um is a huge thing for ACB and it's a three-year at least a three-year plan if not longer um has a lot of moving parts and uh, we've got a lot of things going a lot of different we have what we call five pillars so there's five areas that we are actually going to be working on all at once. Some are going to be at different times. So I'm going to go over the five pillars to start with, and then we'll go into, and if you have questions throughout, it might be easier to answer questions instead of at the very end. Um, so our five pillars, we started with, we need to get people going. We need to get people moving and stuff. So the first pillar 
is transportation. And you think, why transportation? So transportation is because we have to have transportation to get to healthcare facilities. We have to have transportation to get to, um, say, gyms, to soccer fields or, you know, baseball fields, wherever we need to go to get into health and wellness. So transportation is one of them. So then the next one we need is um, accessible exercise equipment and facilities. And that kind of coincides with transportation. And I'm happy to announce that Planet Fitness has pledged to make sure that all of their facilities, all of their equipment will be accessible. I think I think they're giving it a year to get all of their places accessible with all their equipment. So that's a huge thing because they're a nationwide um, fitness company. So working with getting exercise, home equipment accessible, getting equipment in you know facilities accessible. So then the next one, which is the huge, and it's going to be probably one of the biggest ones, and is the healthcare system. And healthcare has a couple different parts. It's accessible healthcare. So the buildings, facilities, making sure that everyone can get there, again, with transportation. Um, but telehealth. Telehealth has become so important, especially through the COVID pandemic. Um, so we have to make sure the telehealth, and a lot of telehealth is not accessible. A lot of their ports are not, um, you can get to it partway, but you can't use it, especially for the blind. So that's something that's been kind of dear to my heart, um, being a healthcare professional. Um, Healthcare is something big to me. So we will be working on that, trying to educate also the healthcare um, system, uh, not just the staff, but the doctors, um, even like food service. So it's everyone that needs to be educated on how to help and um do what they need to do when they're taking care of us or helping us. So the fourth one is nutrition. So nutrition is really important because you don't think about that as much, but we need nutrition. If we don't have new good, good nutrition, we're not going to be healthy. We're not going to be able to get up and get moving. Um, so we want to make sure that the apps for nutrition are accessible. We want to make sure that any websites, of course, or any um, thing that we can do to get nutrition accessible. Because, again, it's health. If you don't have good, good nutrition, you're not going to have a good mental state and you're not going to have a good physical state. So we have to have that nutrition to help keep us all imbalanced. And the last one is. Um, durable medical equipment, um, specifically, not all, just specifically, but um, we're really focusing a lot on the diabetic. Tom Tobin is our chair, and he is the president of 
the Diabetics Association, Diabetics in Action. So we are working, he's made some contacts, um, more recently just made some recent contacts to get some more durable um, diabetic equipment. But we are also looking at getting any type of medical equipment accessible to us so we can stay healthy. And again, with the diabetics, you have to have a healthy nutrition. You have to have a good diet so you can get your diabetes under control because diabetic repronotony is the leading cause of blindness in adults. So it's a huge push to get everyone um, healthy, moving. So those are our five pillars. That's our five areas. And there's a lot of areas underneath those five, as you can see. Um, so to, to do all of that, we need all of you guys' help. Um, we are a committee that have experience in those areas. We've lived it. We have lived it. Um, so we also have subcommittees. So we're a small committee of six, but we have subcommittees. Um, I'm kind of on all of the committees and we all are able to work with each other and sub the subcommittees. So our subcommittees, we have partnerships. And the partnerships um, are to help get donations, if it's monetary, if it's um, just in kind monetary stuff, it's getting the word out. And that's where you guys come in too. Um, so we all gave, uh, thought up national, local, companies, people that we know that may be able to contribute in some way or another, if it's financially, um, you know, monetary, just doing sometimes little things. So if you have something like that, if you think if you can know someone, if you have an idea for a partnership, um, Dan Dillon is the chair for that. So that would be the person to contact. Um, and we can always contact, um, if you don't have his information, we talked about this last night on visibilities. Um, you can always contact Carrie. My number is always available. Um, I can always get a hold of Dan, but he is our chair of our partnerships. So that's one way that, because we have to raise the money. We have to be able to get some funding, some national. So right now um, we have our health partners and our health partners um, are Vanda, Walmart and the American Printing House for the Blind. So they're all helping in certain ways. And the nice thing is once we know who some of our partners are because we give that list back to our national office. So we don't double up. So say if I know who I think might give, maybe national is already working on on with them. And I don't want to step on those toes. So we are actually working on a script of what to say, have an idea um, to reach out to people. So that's where, you know, 
all of you can come in and help. If you have ideas, reach out to us. So the next one is advocacy. And Sheila Styron is our chair for that. And she's known for her very rambunctious advocacy work. And so she does a great job. So we can all advocate. And that's where we, I look at the healthcare, especially healthcare, but the local stuff, the transportation. We had a couple of resolutions that passed, um, the board passed this year with healthcare. One was with telehealth, with education, um, and one was with the training of healthcare professionals. And I actually, you know, of the makers, I will say that I, as a healthcare professional, a past one, um, I wanted them stronger than what they were, were brought forward to the board. And my goal, especially with the healthcare facilities, the training, is that each healthcare facility has different regulations different um, rules, but everyone has training. Um, a lot of the same training, a lot of the same ways that they have to work together. But what's different is each state has different standards, um, different guidelines, different departments. So what we would like and what we would really like to do is partner with the states and have the states advocate in their area, but state, local, and reach out to us because we have reached out. I've done a lot of um, education. I used to work for Sanford Health, um, which is a national, huge um, healthcare system. They're global. And I used to do it um, enterprise-wide, meaning it was national. And you kind of, when you work with the healthcare, work inside the healthcare, you have an idea of who to contact. So working, talking to us, and then you guys knowing your healthcare, we can kind of guide you. So we don't want to tell you what to do or how to do it, but we're going to guide you and we want to help you guys advocate because every one of us can be an advocate. Um, and then we have our PR committee, and that is um, Carrie Shiraz and Leslie Spoon, and they are so upbeat. So um, they are the ones who came up with the dance party that we did last Friday, which I think was really successful. There we had between the Zoom and the media, I was told that we had over 200 people listening at one time. So, and, and that's getting the word out. And again, that's where you guys can all help us. But we have other events planned. Um, I don't have the exact date, but we do have an in-person event planned for San Francisco, and that's in May, but I don't know if they set the exact date yet or the exact location. Um, we plan on doing some stuff in um, DC at the leadership conference. And then we plan on one or two events at the national office or a national convention in Omaha. 
Um, and one of the fun things is that there's the longest bridge in the U.S. And it's you can have one foot in Nebraska and you can have one foot in Iowa at the same time. So we are going to do a walk. Um, I know it's a walk for sure. I don't know if there's what else is involved with it. Um, but we will be doing an activity and be, be able to do be in Iowa and Nebraska at the same time. So we don't have any definite timelines on some of this stuff, unfortunately. Um, we're kind of working on that yet. But one, not, one thing is not more important than the other. Um, so it's a matter of what we want to focus on, um, what other organizations or what the affiliates want us to help focus on. So it's a matter of getting up and moving because our bodies weren't made to just be um, still. I mean, so me being a medical massage practitioner, it's, you know, people would come in and, and they would be hurting and you would say, oh, I, I haven't moved for a couple of days. I hurt so bad. Well, that's the worst thing you can do by just sitting and not doing anything. So we're not saying that you have to go out and run or walk, a, you know, miles at a time or bike, or swim, but just getting up and walking around your house, going up and down the steps, um, walking around the block. So any little movement it's, you know, moving your toes, moving your legs is exercise, it's circulation. Because if we don't have that, then our bodies aren't going to work properly. Um, so it's, it's going to be fun. We have Zelda who's done the challenge from Edgeley, North Dakota, uh, to walk to Omaha. I kind of laughed. It's from Sioux Falls, from my home, it's only 181 miles. So by car, it's like two and a half hours, um, 181 miles. For me, that's not a long ways. Um, so Jennifer Flat from the national office kind of was joking, like, how many times are you going to uh, loop around Omaha? I'm like, well, that could be a long time, you know, a lot of times. So, but, you know, it's, it's fun to have some friendly competition, some make some games out of it. It's, it's just getting up and getting together, having um, an activity. I mean, so that's what we're including, really including, and that's what we really want people to do. We started the ACB Get Up and Get Moving Facebook page. Um, we have, so whenever you post to social media, like say the Facebook page or Twitter or Instagram, Snapchat, it to the hashtag, which is the pound sign, hashtag get moving. And that spreads throughout the net, the social media. And that gets people's attention to ACB in our campaign. Um, but, you know, the, our Facebook page, I think is fun. We've had people talk about what they do, what they've done in the past some of their plans. I even mentioned, you know, let's put some easy, fun um, recipes on there. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest, one day that we were having a committee meeting and um, I was eating protein balls. 
And the community is like, all like, really? Protein balls? They're like, that's way healthy. So, and they were healthy because I had gotten them from a dietitian from the hospital I worked with, um, cardiologist. So I did share the recipe with the committee. And I know one committee member made them for sure for sure. And because she said they are so easy to make. Um, I will be honest, I don't make them. My husband makes them. (laughs) So, um, but it's fun. I mean, so I think the encouragement, we just want to get up and get moving. We want to get people, the public understanding that we need the equipment. If it's medical, if it's um, the exercise, because we want to participate just like everyone else does. Um, we want to be healthy. We want to be out and about. We want to be doing things. So that's kind of the gist of a lot of what's going on. I know it's not really telling you any benchmarks, but I do know, in, uh, like I said, in D.C., we'll have some activities. We'll have some meetings in, in May. But unfortunately, I don't have a, other, a lot of other dates planned. Yeah. Well, I, I do appreciate understanding the five pillars of it too. That, you know, helps us, you know, cause if you just look at it, get up and get moving campaign, all you're thinking is, okay, get up and physically start moving. Um, right. So it's good to understand the five pillars and um, yeah. And I, I gotta say, um, I, I am a member of that Facebook group and it's kind of fun. People sit there and they post songs and then I'll have my A-Lady play that song. And they do want you to get up and get moving. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's fun. You know, it's like I'm one of the moderators and it's like that's, you know, it's, it's fun to do it because it's like it gets you motivated. And um, some of them thrive on getting that music going. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, who's going to do what song today? You know, so it's just kind of <laughs> I don't want to say it's a competition, but it kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I got to say, I just asked my A-lady for the miles for that walk to Omaha. And I'm probably the furthest west. Coos Bay is right on the coast. And it's 1,730.8 miles to walk to Omaha. I don't think I'll make it. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so. I don't think I'll make it. When I first heard of that challenge, I like, I asked my A-lady and it's like, oh my gosh, that, that would be six miles a day. And at the peak of me having my first guide dog, we would walk up to five miles a day. So, <laughs> so, so I'm going to have to take some shortcuts there. <laughs> yeah, especially, you know, going over some of those mountains and <laughs> yeah, <exactly. the> valleys. <laughs> I, I need some tunnels to go straight through instead of up and over. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's like, yeah. It's a little challenging. <laughs> and now with the weather changing too, you might have those that snow to go through. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. E- extra workout. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, I, and I will say, Connie, um, several people were on yesterday at one, we had one Pacific time, we had a session of fit and healthy on a budget. And so there uh-huh. were a great, I- great ideas in there on how to you know, watch your pennies to get fit and healthy. And so, um, you know, and our, our things are being recorded. So we'll try to get access to those via podcast and stuff later. But um, yeah, that some would great be ideas. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And that would be something great that we could, if we could if share on 
um, the get up and get moving campaign page, you know, cause that's stuff sure. that we want if it's on the Facebook page or, you know, our, our page for get up yeah. and get moving. Cause it's, it's stuff that we're looking for just little information. Mm -hmm. If you have tidbits, I mean, people have shared articles, um, any fun facts. I mean, that's what we want is just to get everyone involved one way or the other. And it's, you know, the pillars are overwhelming. I mean, when we first started talking about them, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, this is a lot to think about, but you think about they all fall together. So, um, and I think once we start working on maybe one specific one, you know, and we're going to make, you know, some are going to get better faster. Some are going to yeah. get more, you know, so we have different groups. So, so like we can use the transportation committee to help with the transportation part of it. You know, we can mm -hmm. help um, different areas work with different areas that we want. So it's, that's the nice thing. And that's why it's not just this get up and get moving campaign committee is that we're looking at the whole ACB membership. We're looking at the whole family is we want everyone to help us succeed. We want everyone to succeed in this. Great. So do we have any raised hands? We do not. Okay. Oh, whoops. I'm... I just, I spoke too soon. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Who's raised? Whose hand? All right. People are raising their hands now. So okay, one cool. sec. I will say, Connie, as Marana Vradenberg um, was our presenter for that Fit and Healthy on a Budget. So. Okay. Okay. Darian. I... Okay. So for, where does um, advocating for more accessible telehealth fall in these? Does it fall under the healthcare and um, are you going to be working on it only from the point of view of the consumer or the patient? Because I am a therapist and I'm single-handedly educating my telehealth platform that I provide my video counseling through. And it's a pretty arduous process and it's taking probably... A year and a half, and we're not even to the point of resolving one of the issues that limits my ability to um, provide totally great service through the platform. So I guess my question is, are you only doing this for the consumer or are you doing any advocacy for the practitioner that might be blind that uses the telehealth platform? Darian, that, that's an awesome question. Thanks. Um, it is through the health, um, so what we call the, the middle finger um, platform, the healthcare. The middle finger. And, and, yeah, so they, so Sheila Styrone has, I'll figure it out, you know, transportation's the sum, and then it's, the next finger is um, exercise and healthcare is the, the middle finger. So that's the biggest one. That's our huge one. And then the ring finger is um, nutrition. And then the pinky finger is the, um, ex the medical equipment. So yeah, that's, so when, when you hear Sheila talk about it, those are the, the fingers. We talk about the five filler, five, five filler pillars, but the five fingers. So, um, but no, 
being a, being in healthcare and working in healthcare and educating, I I see it as doing going into the healthcare system and getting someone who is inside, getting people that not just the consumers, but I used to be on the diversity council um, at um, where I worked at. So it, we have to get people who are blind or have vision problems that are involved in healthcare helping to educate because they other ones don't understand it unfortunately i hate to say that but they don't so i I commend you for what you're doing and that's something that if you're got a video or if you are working on reach out to me um or each reach out to one of us and we can help hopefully you know expand that hopefully we can start working and see what else we can do to use that to help other get into other facilities. Hello, Connie. I really also enjoyed understanding the thing about the five pillars. Um, Here in the Pacific Northwest, Kaiser is a big provider and their facilities tend to be very large and quite formidable to navigate. And I have taken on trying to get them to partner with IRA to make navigating the facilities a lot more doable. Is that something that would fit into any of the pillars that you guys have? Yep. So that would, feel, again, feel, um, fall into the healthcare. Okay. So, um, and that would be, inter- you know, send all that information and that would be something that we could work with you on or IRA. And so we could have probably some information with Terry used to working in healthcare. Also, Um, we both have some inside information or contacts. Awesome. Uh, So that's, that's where we have some of that nice stuff is that, you know, I don't want to say, I don't say I'm bragging or, but, but we, that's where we have the contacts. We have some of the people that we know and that's why I when I did the resolutions and I I tried to strengthen them because I wanted us as a committee to be able to come to you guys or the healthcare and use our our experience and our knowledge from working in that area to help you guys reach out because it's not going to be us just doing it we want you to go out and help do it cuz you you're very capable of doing it that's Terry Suarez. Yes. From Florida. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That that's our Terry mom. Okay. Good. Good to know. Thank you. Yep. Okay. One more. Neural. Yes. Uh, can you guys hear me? By the way. Yes. Uh, one thing I would like to see. And I don't know how we can get this going. With Ira is oh. such. Is very. I love Ira. Is there any way we can get Ira, uh, get our health care to pay for Ira? Because, you know, it's a, it is a health necessity because a lot of the stuff we need in life, you know? You know, and that would be something that we'd have to work with national office, you know, um, Tony and Eric, that we would have to talk about with um, the partnership. So that would be health care, but it would fall under our partnership part. So I can take that back to um the committee and we have a actually a meeting this week the subcommittee and i'm actually in the process of working on an email so um i can we can take that back and see and have that discussion okay. and see where that goes from 
Hey, and, and I do want to just uh, announce again that yesterday we had a hula hooping session with Tyann that will be replayed tomorrow between our business meeting and auction. So, you know, if you have never really hula hooped before, you can learn more about that to get up and get moving. <laughs> so, Connie, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thanks and for having me. And I, I hope I helped understand. I know it's kind of overwhelming. And so, but yeah. I appreciate having me. Yeah. Well, great. Thank you so much and have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the rest of your convention. It looks like you guys have had some good time and good speakers. So I've looked at your agenda and stuff. So it's been, it's been good. So thank Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, we have a couple minutes. How about if we draw two door prizes? Is, is Miss Abby around? She is. Have to pull her off the iPad. All right. Okay. You want to do two? Open. Oh, oh All, right. All right. What's the first one? Oh, this is a oh, mystery graph bag. Oops. Oh, another graph bag. All right. So 43. 43. Sue, are you with us? I am. Doug uh, Gwitz from your Wait. Metro chapter. Awesome. Doug. Yay. From Metro? Right. Well, he's part of our chapter, but he lives in oh, South Dakota. I was thinking, yeah. isn't that South yeah. Dakota? Yeah. How awesome. It hey, is. Abby keeps drawing people out of Oregon, you know, <laughs> kind of get closer to the coast of Oregon, Abby. I know, right? Okay, one more. All right, one more, Abby. Ooh, well, she Ooh this is Steven. A- so, Steven's excited. Cassie donated $20 in cash. Number 11 gets 20 That's bucks in cash. Okay, number. what's the number? 11. 11. Wow. Okay, Bobby Earp. All right. Nice. 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 Yay. Two of my like, ch- <laughs> in, a two chapter in a row. Members in a row. She's the former secretary. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's awesome. Awesome. Wow. And- you know, when, when we start drawing again, it's going to be, ooh, a movie theater gift certificate and that jelly belly thing. So stay tuned to see who wins the next couple later. Oh, yeah. So um, our next ep- uh, episode <laughs> session is all about smart speakers. And Jean Marie Moore um, made arrangements for the speaker. So I'll turn it over to Jean Marie to introduce our guest. So Lisa and I have known each other since 1996, and we have traveled just about every known to humanity during that time. Currently, she is the Accessible Technology Specialist at Hadley Institute. And um, I'm she is not on video today. And so I am just wanting you all to welcome and enjoy Lisa's presentation. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm not on video because um, I will need to move around a little bit and it wasn't really conducive. Um, Plus it seems to be a full moon technology kind of day. So anyway, uh, I'm very pleased to be able to talk to you about smart speakers because It really is fun and it really can uh, enrich your lives. So unless you are listening via a smart speaker, 
my first suggestion or recommendation would be to press the little button on it that makes it not respond. So every time I say the name of a specific one, um, which I will try not to do anyway, but if I do, uh, it won't trigger all over the place. Please excuse the dog in the background. She unfortunately does not have an off switch. Uh, she is in the other room, but I have some very heavy footed neighbors who I think are moving furniture in. So uh, she's not terribly happy at the moment. Please understand that when I talk to you today, I'm going to be sharing my experiences and the equipment that I have as examples. I'm not saying this is what you should have and this is what you shouldn't have. A lot of times when people want to get a new piece of technology, they will say to me, well, what do you have? And because I've, I've played with technology for quite a while, and I really don't like to answer that question because it's not relevant. Um, it may be, but it may not be because what I use and the way that I use it may be completely different than how you use it. So I'm going to share again um, my experiences. So let me introduce my family of smart speakers. Um, I guess this would make me the mother and not a very good one. There is a Google Home and that has been kicked out of the house and gone to live with someone else. Um, <laughs> not because it was a bad speaker, but I just didn't really have the use for it that I thought I would. It's fine, but I didn't live in kind of the Google universe, and I'll be explaining that in a little bit. And so while it's a very good speaker, it was not a great fit for me. Uh, my newest arrival is a HomePod mini. I love a good excuse to play with technology. And when I was asked to give this presentation, uh, I was very excited because it gave me the reason that I was looking for to buy a HomePod mini. It used to be that Apple had the standard HomePod and it was a lot more expensive. And I knew I really didn't want to invest in that. But the HomePod mini has a lower price tag. So I did invest in that. My most plentiful uh, speakers are of the Amazon variety. In my bedroom, I have two Echo Dots. And for a while, this was kind of my only, quote, stereo system. I have them set up as a stereo pair so that if music plays, um, it comes out of the left and out of the right one. I also have um, an Echo Show. And that is in my kitchen. That's an interesting little device. I 
am sure I don't use all its capabilities. I got it because I was really um, curious and intrigued. It is supposed to be able to identify canned goods. And while it can do it, I found it very slow and tedious and frustrating, uh, to be honest. But it's really interesting because it has a screen. So you could watch Amazon video on it and you can do all the other non-screen things. Then in my living room, I have a Bose soundbar and it has the Amazon support built into it. I think it has support for other platforms, but that's what I use the most. I also have a smart TV by Toshiba, and that has um, a lady built in as well. It's really important, let's say you come back and you hear this a year later, uh, you might think, oh, that thing that she said is not correct. Well, it may be incorrect at the time, and I've goofed, but it may also be incorrect because information changes. Um, I, for example, was going to tell you that one of the selling points of the Google Home was that it was more immersive. So if you asked, what sound does an elephant make? It would um, give you that sound, whereas the Echo devices would tell you things about elephants. But now the Echo also will give you those sounds. So what they do does change. So how can you play with one of these you know, maybe you don't have one and you think, I would really like one. So you have a couple options. You can go into a retail store and see some of these. So many people have them now, and you may not know unless you ask. But if you're in the home of a friend or a family member, um, you know, you could ask to check theirs out. The other thing you can do if you have a smartphone, is use an app. There is an A-L-E-X-A -E app. There is a Google Home app. And if you use Hey S-I-R-I -I with the iPhone, that provides a similar but not identical experience to what you get on the uh, HomePod. However, I they're they're a little bit convoluted. They're a little bit um, frustrating to sometimes get set up and work properly, and it's not as seamless as just talking to a device. But if you want to play with that, uh, you certainly can. It's very important when you are deciding what speaker to get to consider where you live. And when I say where you live, I'm not referring to 
Oregon or Pennsylvania or Texas or wherever. Consider where you live in terms of what ecosystem you have the most stuff in. If you have Amazon Prime or Amazon Music, the Echo will be the best for you. If you have, I think they call it Google Play Music now, it used to be YouTube Music, um, then a Google Home will be best for you. In my case, I didn't really want another music service. I didn't have Amazon Music either, but I didn't want another music service. And so that was also part of the reason I did not uh, keep the uh, YouTube music. If you have a HomePod, Apple Music is almost a must. There are some things you can play without it, but you're kind of limited. So consider where you live, like, you know, what, what service you have or use most. Um, what you have and what you want. And what I mean by that is not only what you have in terms of services, but do you have a smart lock that you want to use so that if you walk up to your house with your phone, it will unlock your door. I was pretty shocked. I was also pretty shocked at the price, <laughs> but I saw um, ALEXA enabled Christmas trees advertised on QVC. I think there are more economical ways to do that. But if you have smart plugs, let's say that you want to plug one into your coffee maker and you have ALEXA, or you're thinking about getting that, but all it supports is Google Home, then you either need to reconsider your smart speaker or you need to consider those uh, auxiliary devices. Pretty much uh, you're in luck with anything that you would buy new because most, this is gonna sound really clear, most things work with most things. So most smart plugs, most sound bars, most lights, um, and I don't really have much in the way of home automation, but most stuff works with most other stuff. Now, with the Echo and the Google Home devices, they do have larger and smaller ones. And unfortunately, size really does matter. So if you have a larger one, you're probably going to have better audio quality. Um, the little ones are really nice because they can go into a little spot in your kitchen or they can go um, on a nightstand or something like that. But if you want to use it for your main listening source, you might want a uh, bigger one. 
generally what I have heard, and this is if you're comparing apples to apples, like if you compare the big, big to big and smaller to smaller, in both cases, the Apple devices, uh, and I'm not a great audiophile, this is information I've found online and from informally polling others, uh, but generally it's agreed that Apple has the best sounds um, and Google is next and Echo is third, but it's still a, um, you know, quite a, a respectable sound. So let's focus, um, actually, before we go any farther, um, let's stop for the moment and see if we have any questions. Okay, and I, I do want to, this is Carrie, and I did want to let people know that tomorrow in our auction, we do have an Echo Dot 3 um, and an Echo Show 5 that have both been donated that we'll be auctioning off tomorrow. So, Hi, could you explain what a HomePod is? So a HomePod is basically a smart speaker like the Echo or the Google Home, uh, but it is from Apple. Okay. And my A-Lady is now Echo Stop is now firing off um but it reminds me of a good point so maybe it's reading my tiny mind um if you were doing research google home <coughs> seems to be rebranding their device and you'll sometimes see it listed as a google nest but there are other devices there are hubs for connecting different things and they're also called google nest so you just want to make sure that if you're looking for that, um, you um, get the, the smart speaker. Um, so that I hope that answers your question. Do we have any others? Yes, we do. Okay. Um, Cassie? Hello. I have a Hello. quick question. So I've just dipped my toes in the water of the A-Lady land, and I love it, by the way. So I have a regular Echo, Echo Dot fourth generation. My daughter has a kid's Echo, and then I have an Echo Show 5 in the living room. And I know you had mentioned that you can use, you can use, oh, Echo Show 8. That's right, it's an 8. Um, so I, I heard you mention that we can use the Echo Show to help with labels like reading labels and identifying objects how do we actually do that when it works <laughs> um yeah and i'm not gonna try and demonstrate it because things always go wrong when you try and demonstrate like stuff right. like that and when it <coughs> doesn't work optimally anyway but basically what you do is you say it's wake word and then you say um what device is this? Or not oh. what device is this? What item is this? My apologies. Okay. Okay. So yeah. it uses the camera. You put that kind of in front of it. And yeah, and you it'll tell it. you like, you know, raise the item, lower the item. Um, okay. One nice thing it does is it uses multiple sources 
to try and understand what the <coughs> excuse me what the item is so um it will use the barcode if it can find the barcode it will use any wording on the can or box uh so to me anyway that's a really nice thing awesome yeah i didn't even know that mine could do that so yeah that that's super cool <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I, I that sounds pretty cool because you know I use a seeing AI app on my phone to identify right. things. And if you don't get the right thing in this, in the camera, then you're sitting there playing around and with a curved can good, it's kind of difficult. So awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Cassie. Hi, Tyann. Hello. I just wanted to say thank you for uh, this. And um, I have uh, quite a few, uh, devices that are hooked up to lady a and when it, when it messes up uh it so it it accidentally turns my bedroom light and my fan on at the same time when i was downstairs trying to turn on the kitchen light uh, yeah and it's very weird because like well i'll show you in a minute but i have an alarm set uh actually let's do that I have an alarm set, um, I'm on the Eastern time zone and I find this annoying because it's just me living in my house. But I was thinking today, you know, that if other people lived in your house, this would be a good feature. Alexa, cancel alarm. Yes. Okay. Here are your alarms. On Lisa's third echo dot, 5.30 p.m. Every weekday, 6.31 a.m. Which one would you like to cancel? 5.30 p.m. 5.30 p.m. alarm. So, to me, that seems a little convoluted. It seems like, I mean, it's like, okay, it's not, you don't have any alarms on the device you're talking to, but you have them over here. Okay, and you have two of them. To me, it would be intuitive to cancel the next one up. Some people say that's technology doing too much thinking for you. I feel like my experience of using a Google Home was a little more intuitive. Like it would, just get stuff like that it was the the conversation felt more natural okay other questions right. hi this is deb it's fascinating to hear all these things i was wondering i don't hear well at night because my i take out my hearing aids and so the alarms and things i can't hear audibly do they have you know it like a bluetooth bed shaker or vibrator pager or something I don't know. Um, I don't know either if you can change alarms on Google Home. I don't think you can on the HomePod, but there's a lot of variety in Echo. You can tell it, um, wake me up to this music. And also there are uh, some pre-programmed alarms you can choose. Um. 
I can speak to that a little bit because I have hearing loss. Um, I am a lady, a user, and I had a dot three for a really long time and I really struggled to hear it. So I'd have to turn the volume like way up. So (laughs) when I want to listen to something, my entire house would hear it, but I switched I just moved up one level to adopt four. It is so clear. It is so clear. Um, They took a lot of the bass out and I think they're using a better quality speaker. Um, So I used to have it at, you know, in order to really hear something, I'd have to have it at say a volume six. I can now have it down at a volume four and understand it. And it is awesome. It has just made such a difference. I have mild hearing loss and I sometimes have trouble understanding the echo unless I'm right on top of it. I Um, really struggled with that too, with the three. Yeah, I could hear it. Okay. I could hear when it was speaking, but it was like the Charlie couldn't understand it, could not understand it. Uh, and then the I switched thing, to the four and I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. Echo, turn up, or sorry, Alexa, turn up the volume. Alexa, what time is it? The time is 5.24 p.m. Alexa, change your voice. I don't know how much you can hear that, but you can change the voice to a male voice. I feel like oh yeah, that that is a new feature. Yeah, Alexa, you know, it depends on it depends on where you're hearing loss, where the range is. You know, so I have trouble with higher pitches, but I know other people who have hearing loss. You know, they have lower pitch trouble. So I think it just you know depends. Yeah, I to me it's like a clarity issue because. I can hear the HomePod uh, with the male Siri voice better than the Echo devices, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, everybody makes their speakers differently. So how they tune them, you know. Okay. One more question. Nero? Yes. Um, hey, Lisa. Um, I, I think I've spoken to you a while ago. Hi, by the way. Um, I have a question. I have one of the Ecobee thermostat uh, that uses the A-Lady, but it, I was wanting to figure out how to set it to my phone with SIRI can control it too. Is there a way how you can make one voice, you know, a different one talk to another one, in a, you know, in that sense? I honestly don't know. I haven't really done anything with um, the thermostats. Okay. You have that. Okay. Um, I'd have taken classes through Hadley and I am loving it. As I am sitting here, I'm going, can you get any of this on the Hadley website? For example, I know you have lady a um but can you get any of the other devices on hadley no um lady a is pretty much it 
Um, I don't know of any resources for learning about the HomePod, although that is, it is probably the, and I'm not saying this in a negative sense, I'm trying to be informative. It is probably the quote dumbest of the smart speakers, but it is also the easiest to learn. Um, there is a company, Mystic Access, uh, www.mysticaccess.com, and they have tutorials on both of the Amazon and the Google products. Um, I have a question, and, and, and this was, um, Samantha was referring to the tutorials you have on Hadley, right. not to get the speaker. Okay, so Michael Babcock, um, can you, are you listening? Or can you unmute? Oh, just a sec. Okay. I, he's a panelist. see if he's here. He should be a panelist. I he can was. unmute. Oh, he is. Hey, oh, okay, hey, sorry. hey, hey, Michael. Um, so, you know, Kareth was talking about how with the whole foundation and learning center. So have you, or do you know if Marty's worked with people with smart speakers? Nope. It hasn't been a super popular request. Um, but if someone calls, I would be glad to help them with a smart speaker. Okay, cool. So, so that is an option for, um, people to go through the whole foundation and learning center and request help on, on that type of stuff because the site loss instructors can help with different things. So there's an option for, for you, Samantha. <laughs> Teresa. Okay. I don't know much about how the smart plugs work. And um, I know Deb Marina was asking about um, one of the bed vibrators shaking mm -hmm. thing, alarm thing. Can, could, a, could a smart plug be used for that? I think, okay, I have a smart plug because I was entranced by the idea. And I have never plugged it in. <laughs> but my understanding is it has to be plugged into something that has a switch that you turn on and off. So you, for example, let's take a coffee maker. When I want to start <clears throat> brewing my coffee, I have to press a button. And that starts the process. So I don't think I could use a smart plug with that. It's a little Keurig kind of knockoff thing. But many regular drip coffee makers, at least the older ones, <clears throat> excuse me, that I'm familiar with, have a, an on-off switch on them. And so you could flip that switch to the on position, plug it into the smart plug, and set that to go off at a specific time so that your coffee was ready when you are. So then it would depend if you had a bed shaker that was a simple on off, which Correct. I believe most of those have an alarm set up with it. Mm -hmm. um, so if it was a simple on off, it might work. Okay. Yeah, that's my okay. understanding. Again, I yeah. haven't really played with that. Yeah, I have two smart plugs that are plugged into things. Um, one is my fan in my room, which is not 
plugged in right now because it's too cold. But um, I have under the cabinet lighting in my kitchen. And it is on a smart plug. And by the way, Casa is the ones that um, the app is totally accessible. Um, and yeah, it's it has a physical button to turn on and off. Um, or you can use Lady A. Nice. And and I just have um one other thing I wanted to to mention or ask. You mentioned in the beginning of this to if you're listening on a device, push the button that doesn't make it respond. I did not know my echo die has a button. <laughs> so there are so four if I buttons could... on the top of most of them. Okay. Um, and I don't know if they're different based on what generation you have. So I'll just speak in generalities, but there's a volume up and a volume down, and they are generally across from each other. Mm -hmm. So then the, the buttons kind of form a cross. So on the other arm of the cross, you have two. One is the button that you press when you do setup. And if you just tap it, nothing happens. But the other button will, quote, turn on and off its ears or its listening mode. And when you press it, it kind of goes, dum, dum, you know, so the dump is on and the dump, the lower one is off. Um, and you can just test it by asking it the time okay. or whatever. So if it's turned off, if you had an alarm, it would still, the alarm would still go off, correct? What you have turned off is the microphone. Okay. So you could scream, you could, you could turn it off and scream, A-Lady, A-Lady, A-Lady all day. Mm -hmm. But if you have a timer set, it will go off when it's supposed to. Okay, and perfect. you do have some comical things happen. Um, when I had the Google Home, you would say, hey, Google. And if you do Yogi Bear and you do, hey, boo-boo, it would trigger it. Um, <laughs> yesterday I was doing a store list and I used dictate and put in the search field pickle. And the one, two, three of my devices, I'm using the wake word echo. And so uh, if I wanted, I could call them pickle, I guess, and it would be just fine with them. Uh, so there are some <clears throat> kind of zany moments. <laughs> So let me tell you a little bit more. We've kind of, it's kind of like if you're at a party and you say, you know, I want you to meet these people. This is, you know, this is a lady, this is Google home, this is HomePod. But now I want to tell you a little bit more about each of them. But before I do, uh, I want to make two points. Uh, primarily because I didn't write them down and they just came into my mind. And some of us are reaching the age at which we need to say these things before they're gone. So um, one is that if you have one of these devices and you're going to use it, <coughs> excuse me, to its full, it is helpful to have a smartphone. For example, if you want to change the alarm sound on your Amazon device, um, it will link you. It'll allow you to do that in the app. 
but at least the last time I checked, you can't do it on the device itself. You will need, if you don't have a smartphone or you don't have a computer, you will need someone to set the device up for you. The minimum that you will need if you want to bring one of these smart speakers into your home is that you will need Wi-Fi um, because that's how it runs. The other thing I would strongly suggest you do is especially for the A lady, it's most true of that, pretty true of Google Home and not as much of, of Apple HomePod, but you have so many phrases and things you'll learn that it's really helpful to make notes until they become familiar to you. The Echo has what are called skills. And they're basically like mini apps. And this was fairly new. And I was going through the skills store and saying, I want that one and that one and that one. And I didn't write them down. So I had all this potential on my device, but I was stuck because what was it called? I mean, this is just an example I'm pulling out of my head and I don't know if this would work, but let's say that I wanted to play, um, I know there actually is a Jeopardy game, but let's say that for some reason they called it Jeopardy at home. If you said play Jeopardy, you aren't gonna get anything. You'd have to say play Jeopardy at home. So your wording is very important. Um, and that's kind of weird for me. I'm, I'm really used to typing out what I want or um, finding it in the list. This whole idea of dictating stuff was a little different, but it works out pretty well once you're used to it. So let's introduce our players in a little more depth. Echo has the largest variety of sizes and kinds. It's built into things. It's also uh, built into tablets and there's a Fire TV Cube that you can plug into your existing TV. There are all different sizes. Someone referenced a third or fourth generation Echo Dot. I'm not even sure what the heck generations I have. But if you need to know that, you can always go back and look at your Amazon history. Because, for example, let's say that one of my two dots died. I really like having the stereo pair. I would need to get the same generation of dot. So I would either need to get new ones or I would need to... Uh, get one that was the same generation. But I would say that they have the most variety of sizes. They have 
the most number of supported skills. Google has some apps, but and HomePod really doesn't. But um, you know, and again, those are only as good as if you use them and if you write them down. It's also supported on a lot of platforms. Like I said, um, my soundbar came, um, you know, with that enabled. And I could have used another uh, service if I wanted as well, I believe. Google Home is, I believe, the smartest of the devices. I feel like it is the most easy to have. I can't even believe we're saying this in this day and age, but it's the most easy to have a quote natural conversation with it. Um, and it is basically leveraging all of the years of experience that Google has had with its search technology. Uh, one thing that I found um, kind of annoying about Google Home, to be perfectly honest, and another thing that got it kicked out of my house was that it has, although the the HomePod is like it, but it somehow seems easier. It has touch controls on the top. So you would slide your finger, I believe it was counterclockwise around the top to turn the volume down. And then you'd kind of run your finger clockwise to turn it up. And you could do different things like that. At the time that I had it, I was in a tiny little apartment so it lived in my bathroom and it seemed that just in the process of getting showered and getting ready for my day, I would bump it and probably woke neighbors three apartments away with a very loud Google Home output. The HomePod is the only one right now that does not come in a variety of sizes. You can still get the regular HomePod. I would think eBay, secondhand places, things like that. But it does have a smaller one. Um, a lot of these devices now are going, I don't know about the most recent Google speakers, but the, the Home and the HomePod and the, uh, some of the Echo devices are they used to be kind of like tuna cans or big, you know, like vegetable cans, the larger ones. They were that shape. They were cylinders. And now they're more like spheres. And I think most all of them now, the newest generations are fabric covered. Uh, and people say that they fit in better with home autom automation. The HomePod is the least intelligent in that you can ask it stuff, but it's gonna show you the results on your iPhone. 
but it can still do a lot of what the others can do and that it will play music, set alarms, set times, uh, timers, etc. There are no skills or apps for um, HomePod. HomePod does two things that I really think though are cool. And I think this first one, Google and Amazon can probably do this, but they would use a program called IFT, how many T's? If three, IFTTT. See, I'm not smart enough to say it, so I haven't tried playing with it, but it's an automation program. Um, but it's pretty easy to automate, <coughs> excuse me, some tasks with the HomePod. And yesterday I was reading an article and I just found out about this and I love this. I now have an automation set up so that at sunrise it plays a song and at sunset it plays a song. And, you know, I could probably shorten that if I got a shorter clip and just put it in my library. But um, I really like knowing that it's a reminder, okay, the sun's down, you probably need to turn lights on now, uh, things like that. And so I really like that. Now, there is a feature, and I know you could do this on um, Amazon, but you had to set it up and it was a pain and half the time it didn't work. So I will just show you. Hey Siri, ping my iPhone. And there's my iPhone. And I'm trying to unlock it and it's not recognizing. There we go, because I'm wearing big uh, bulky um, wireless headphones. Um, but I really like that feature in particular. Um, let's say that I had to, for whatever reason, give up the smart devices I currently have and start over. Uh, I honestly am not sure which I would choose. If I want to hear information like temperature or something and I'm not right on top of it, the HomePod is definitely better for me. But I do like some of the versatility. If I'm listening to a dramatized audible book, um, the Echo will play it. It will also read Kindle books and you can now speed up the voice. It's, these devices were pretty amazing in their own right when they came out, but they continue to gain new skills. So like I'm, what I'm saying right now, you know, um, Google Home is probably most intelligent. Um, Amazon has the most stuff to offer. HomePod has the best sound. Who knows, in a year, that could all be um, changed. It, you just don't know. And so what you 
want to do when you're considering purchasing something is to do some research. So, you know, if you've heard enough and you're like, okay, I just want to purchase one. I mean, generally you can get the Echo Dot, I think, for about $49. And I think you can sometimes get better like Black Friday deals. I don't remember how much Google Home is. And I, I think the big Echo was roughly uh, 149 These are, don't quote me on these prices. It's just a comparison like, okay, ballpark, how much money are we talking here? And the HomePod mini is about $99. But I think they're really nice. I, um, I'll tell you the ways I feel like they enrich my life most. If I'm coming into my house and it's empty and it just feels empty, I love to be able to say, turn on or play this song. Um, I like, for example, if I'm washing dishes, finding out what the weather forecast is or what the time is without having to stop and, um, you know, wash my, or dry my hands and kind of get it together. The other thing I really like is you can ask these devices how to spell a word and it will spell it more or less slowly enough that if you are an average typist, you can say, you know, um, how do I spell organization? And as you type, or as it says, O-R-G, you can usually keep up and type. And so again, just the convenience of being able to keep your hands where they are and get done what you need to uh, can be really helpful. And they, they can be fun. I mean, there are games. Uh, I like Jeopardy. I knew of a kiddo who was seven who thought that getting the Google Home to make fart sounds was just uh, the best thing ever. Hope that's not inappropriate, but it gives you an idea of the wide variety of stuff uh, that can be found on these devices. Lady A can make fart sounds too. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. Uh, that <laughs> Siri may be too dignified. I'll now I'll have to find out. Uh, so on that very pungent note. Um, okay. Yeah. Just just a quick comment. You were talking earlier about the convenience of having. Uh, your gadgets hooked up through Wi-Fi through uh, little separate switches that you can put like on the coffee maker mm -hmm. or a space heater or something like that. My husband, my son is a retired LA fireman and he is constantly checking to be sure I have not done that. Uh, you don't want to have something automatically come on uh, hooked to a heating device. That's one of those things you want to be able to, okay, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to turn the coffee pot on and be sure that the carafe is underneath it, or the coffee cup, or whatever, um, or that there's no piece of paper next to the space heater. There are just some things that, oh, the convenience is wonderful, but it's not really worth it. Just Who would ever not put the coffee cup under the coffee maker? I'm always wide awake in the morning. I would never do that. Yeah, but if, if it's have. like, no, I'm talking Except about Except I have, and you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, and you it, know, that kind of 
at least for me personally, that really gives me pause for thought. Like, I'm not sure I want to do this thing. And, this is know, one of the number one things that start house fires that people don't think about. So I just, I, yeah. he's constantly checking. Have you done this? No, because I love my gadgets. Yeah. Yes. And I, yeah. I think with technology, it's important to remember that just because we can, it doesn't mean we shouldn't, but it doesn't necessarily mean we should. And by the way, I should mention uh, one other thing. Uh, I, I hesitate to mention this because the reason why was so technical that when I read it, my eyes crossed, but uh, HomePod apparently is rated as having the best privacy. But no, that's, that's a very uh, good, to quote a line from Reader's Digest, well, a good point. HomePod is an Apple device, right? Yes. So, yeah stands to reason yep okay uh, another questions? hand nope no more hands okay well i hope i have adequately answered your questions and maybe uh hopefully demystified the process a bit they really are fun and i think if you go into this with a teeth grinding sense of I don't know if I want this thing I don't know if I can do this then you know what really save yourself the time and money because it is meant to be enjoyable to make your life richer if you don't have it it's not like your productivity is going to take a huge hit and I, I really think it's important to approach um, any technology with kind of a, a sense of playfulness. And I'm, I'm not always a, a good one with that. Like with these commands that you have to give the echo, I'm very like, okay, I need to write down the exact words. And sometimes you need exact words and sometimes you don't. But you know what? If you say the wrong word, it's just gonna say, I'm sorry, I don't understand. You're not gonna blow anything up. And I really think part of the fun of these devices is learning them and learning what they're capable of. The other thing, uh, and I keep thinking like, I feel like an Apple event. One more thing. Um, <laughs> when you set up, I don't think HomePod does this, but for Echo and Google Home, you can opt to receive emails. And so it will tell you what's new. Um, and I've seen some of these on Twitter, like a lady was talking lately about Halloween jokes. Um, I remember a Google Christmas joke that because really, I mean, I may sound good, but I'm not all that mature. Um, <laughs> I remember a Christmas joke on google home and i think it was supposed to sound oh, like santa good. arriving and leaving in his sleigh to give the <laughs> christmas joke but what it really sounded like was santa going face first into a humongous pile of snow and every time i heard it it made me laugh so you know there's there's lots to explore and lots to enjoy oh yes, oh, yes <laughs> i, I would is. say yeah you know I, I would say there is a big warning too so i got my echo um 
shortly after our 2017 convention, my daughter won one as a door prize and then she bought me one for Christmas. And, uh, you know, a few months later, my granddaughters at the time were six, seven, I mean, five, five or six. And, you know, you can shop on these things. And so I was like, hey, what about (laughs) Baby Alive's? And so, you know, they were listening and I said, would you like to buy that now? And my granddaughter said, yes. And your order's on its way. And so I had to go change that setting in my app. And so, so, you know, you might want to be careful on what you allow your um, smart speaker to do. Yes. I really don't like shopping on it. Mm-hmm. Like I've done a thing like, you know, if you buy this on the Echo, you can save $10 or we'll make a donation to whatever. But generally, like, let's say that I want Zyrtec, like the, the allergy meds. This is not an endorsement for Zyrtec. It's just what I pulled out of my head. But let's say that that's what I want. And it'll come up with a bunch of op, or it'll come up with an option. It's like, do you want to buy it now? But I want to look and see if that's the best price. I want to look at the other options. The only time that I think the online shopping works well with the Echo is if you're buying a song. Um, But even then, you can set up a passcode so that you have to tell it the numbers, you know, before it will okay your purchase. Mm -hmm. I I concur. The only time I've ever actually follows through with shopping on the lady a device was when i could get a second uh generation four dot for like 25 bucks Mm -hmm. and the only way they'd let me do it was through the lady a device i couldn't do it on the store i couldn't do it through the app no i had to go that was that's only time but i'm telling you going from 50 to 25 yeah kind of down with that it's worth it yeah (laughs) but i mean there was a thing on the news about the child who ordered like a four hundred dollar dollhouse yeah hi um i this isn't actually a question it's a a comment on shopping using the amazon device two comments one if you happen to have one of the shows that has the screen Mm -hmm. you it will let you see several things at once yes like i want to buy multiple vitamins and it'll throw like 10 of them and then you can tap on one double tap on one and get a little bit more information the other really nice thing and what i do use it for quite a bit is reordering stuff so let's say you have an order history where you order you know abc diapers that wouldn't be me um (laughs) once a month or once however often once you have that established, if you tell your device, I want to buy ABC diapers, it will come back and tell you, uh, this is, according to your order history, you know, this is the one. You've bought this one before. And so it makes it, it's actually faster than it is to go back on your computer or your phone, you know, and yeah. enter in all the stuff. So once you've established a history, it's really pretty cool. And I do use it for that. But yeah, I mean, if you have kids in your house, ain't no way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're at the top of the hour. And I'd like to thank all of you for listening and for your wonderful questions. 
Michael Babcock has his hand. Yeah, up. he does. Yeah. <laughs> I do, and, I do. And, and Lisa, we did we did go until three fifteen. Jean Marie oh, mentioned oh, you might want a little oh, extra time if you apologies. need to go. We'll okay. respect your time. No, and I was thinking, like, was it now or was it quarter after? Yeah, I know okay. we kind of changed it <laughs> recently. So go ahead, Michael. So I just have a real quick question for you, Lisa, and it, it relates mm-hmm. to something we were talking about earlier in the convention. Uh, do you know if you can configure the A device to use Smile from Amazon while making purchases from it? Ooh, that's a good question. I want to know too. Alexa, can I purchase with Amazon Smile? I can help reorder everyday items, track your delivery, add to your shopping list, or answer product questions. To get started, just tell me what you need, like order AA batteries. Alexa, set up Amazon Smile. I suspect not. Um, Now, it could be that once you have it set up, there could be a place in the app, but I am not sure. I will look into that myself because I I could go down that rabbit hole to travel down the help documents in Amazon, which can... Mm -hmm take forever but i figured i'd ask if you knew first of all so thank yeah, you yeah that's a wonderful question and and i will say one of the things i've noticed with that amazon smiles is it's what's because i usually do that on my phone and i think i had to set up my computer separate if i have it even though it's the same account so just a mm-hmm. forewarning there um yeah i um i will say one of the things i purchased um about a year ago is an air fryer it's actually an air fryer toaster oven all in one kind of unit and at the time i i was enthralled with the idea of having one that would run with a with my echo device um mm-hmm. but it the, the measurements would not fit under the counter where i had to put the device where i had to put it um oh. so now i have this thing that's you know not 100 percent blind friendly that you know okay yeah push this button turn this knob twice push that button and it goes <laughs> Mm. <laughs> but I think, you know, there are a lot of, um, a lot of appliances and stuff that you can run with them. Is that correct? Yes. Um, some of those are third party. I know that Amazon has its own, uh, microwave air fryer, uh, something, something combination. And I have not used it. What I have heard about it is, uh, I, I guess I'm a bit of a Pollyanna because for every negative, I try to share a positive. But <coughs> it, um, it, I love when my brain just completely goes away and leaves me behind. Um, okay, the air fryer is slow, so it, mm-hmm. it's not overly powerful, but. It has a lot of functions and you can request a free overlay when you order it in Braille. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, you know, the other thing I wanted to um, mention about these smart speakers is um, my sister's mother-in-law, she got a smart speaker last Christmas and, you know, she's in her eighties starting to have some memory issues 
Right. And one of her family members thought it would be great to get her an iPhone. Of course, um, that was not working well (laughs) (laughs) because she also has some sight loss. She's not legally blind, but you know, she, she does have diabetes and um, issues there, but her grandson to be. Yeah, exactly. But her grandson did set up her smart speaker um, and it's been great for her um, to be able to do things because like you mentioned that conversation style. um, Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's been able to, you know, give her a little bit more independence, retain some of her independence in her home for now. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, so sometimes when we have added challenges besides just sight loss, um, it can be a great tool. This is not really educational, but I'm going to call it health because laughing is so good for us. But one of the funniest things I heard was a YouTube clip. I guess it was initially a Saturday Night Live skit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Amazon yes. devices for people of a certain age. <laughs> so if you was, Google Alexa yes. Silver, I laughed until I cried. I thought that was just It is still freaking hysterical. Since we are here and I have access to two of the three devices, does anyone want to hear anything uh, more demonstrated? Can you actually get your HomePod device to do something silly? Because um, Siri used to be really good at being silly and something happened and she just lost it. And, and like you don't get really great answers back from her anymore. Well, let's see. The, I wonder if the best one, if my favorite one has gone away. I'm getting a little closer so we can hear. That that would be good because I I've been having trouble hearing them. Hey Siri, what's zero divided by zero? Imagine that you have zero cookies and you split them evenly among zero friends. How many cookies does each person get? See, it doesn't make sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies, and your friends are sad because they don't exist. Oh wow, this escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> funny is in the ear of the beholder but that's that's one of them and they actually changed it it used to say something like and you are sad because you have no friends it was pretty harsh oh um, yeah i used to ask uh siri how hot is it outside on a cold day and it used to you know give me a few different uh smart alecky answers back yeah. and you know vice versa and and it just doesn't anymore. And there's several other things I used to ask it that it just like, ah, oh, man, really? I'm just really curious what it's going to do to our little uptight friend. And after our previous foray, I've got to ask Siri, make fart noises. <laughs> hey, Siri, make fart noises. I'm not sure I understand. Yeah, I didn't think you would. How, how about- I really expected it to go, oh. I never. How, um, how about just ask it to fart? Because that's that's how I get my lady E device to go. Hey Siri, fart. No comment. Huh? <laughs> okay, that's sort of funny in its own way. <laughs> no comment. Yeah, too too dignified for it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So, um, but I think that's all I've 
got unless we have any other questions. Are there any other hands raised? No hands raised. All right, great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, as great, great information about smart speakers. And as I said earlier, watch our auction tomorrow. There's a couple up for grabs. <laughs> Seriously, Thanks. some great information, stuff I didn't even know. So thank you. Yeah. My Thanks pleasure. so much, Lisa. I tried to make it kind of a mix of generalities and specifics so that it would be helpful. Yeah, that was great. Thanks so much. Yep. So how about if we go ahead and draw a couple uh, door prizes now that I didn't warn anybody because we're a little bit ahead of schedule. <laughs> ask, I, should, do I even have to ask her? My goodness gracious. Child loves giving away free stuff. Okay, am I the only one who's hearing her very faintly? Yeah, Cassie, you're not. We're not hearing you very well. Cassie. Can I go in the can? On the yes. Can? Yeah, you're in the can, oh. man. Oh, man. All right, well, give, give me a minute. It's, it's number 69. This is for a $25 coming attractions gift carded donated by somebody in the grants past the the Rogue Valley chapter it says grants pass here. Miss Miss uh, Interim Secretary, it's Rogue Valley chapter. Was that six number sixty nine? She said number sixty nine. Six nine. Oh, I'm glad Young. people are repeating this. Sheila Young in Florida. Wow! Yay! Okay, mm -hmm. we'll go ahead and go for another one. So this is. The Jelly Belly box from Cranberry Sweets that we switched out due to an allergy. My jacket's going. Okay, well, just get a number, please. My jacket's okay. 34. 34. 34. 34 is Deb Marino's. Deb Marino's. Willamette chapter. Awesome, awesome. We'll go ahead and do one more. And this is a $25 C's gift candy gift card from Rogue Chapter again. Oh, hey, Abby. <laughs> I don't know what happened. That was a number 30. <laughs> 30, 30. 30. Lindsay Levere from Michigan. Wow. You know what, you guys? We keep shipping all of our great door prizes out of our state. Good thing we love our other ACB family, right? <laughs> Seriously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and people say it's not worth it to have it virtual or hybrid. 